0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: You have an uneasy feeling in the darkness. It's there, but you can't see it. Why is this room so cold? You're home alone. You hear footsteps, whispers, or even laughter. You feel a presence. Is someone or something watching you? and the fear sets in i'm k-town and you're listening to paranormal fears
0: well i'm a, a long time uh journalist i was a daily newspaper editor Um, I still do a very popular weekly column. I've won a number of uh, Associated Press Awards for my work. And currently, I am publisher of Faded Banner Publications. I do some books of my own. We also publish some works by others. And my focus uh, for the last handful of years has been the paranormal. Um, I never ever thought that would be a field that would interest me or that I would get into, but my wife and I purchased an 1830s house in northwest Ohio and it was in rough shape and as we started working on it um, we started having things happening that we could not explain. Um, At first um, I thought I was losing my mind, but fortunately my wife and others encountered the same thing, footsteps when no one was present, um, radios turning on and off, changing stations on their own, um, items coming up missing and showing up in odd places, um, hearing my voice called, um, you know, being spoken to, um, just incredibly amazing things. And for the longest time, I would not talk about it or really share it. But I started opening up a little bit at the newspaper where I was editor and people started telling me, you need to write about this. My wife kept telling me, you need to write about it. I thought people would think I'd lost my mind if I start writing about ghosts and phantom footsteps. But I finally bit the bullet and wrote, I met a ghost at Gettysburg on Journalist's Journey into the Paranormal. That book opened doors to me that I never dreamed existed. Um, I now am a paranormal investigator. I do a lot of work in Gettysburg um, investigating. Um, I also investigate in Northwest Ohio. Um, I've done a follow-up book. I met more ghosts at Gettysburg, working on further Um, books in the field and i'm even uh, getting to do some television documentaries on the paranormal so it's a pretty exciting thing for me
1: let's talk about the experiences first of all that you and your wife were starting to have or some other people i guess kind of verified some things that you were experiencing um were they tell me about again i must have missed that but where did they occur in a house or where were you when that happened in a house
0: yeah it's uh it's an 1835 house that my wife and i we live here now but we spent several years restoring it before we could move in and the first things um that we were hearing were footsteps very plain footsteps um and the one that was most memorable was it sounded like a barefoot child running clear across the house um from one end to the other across the hall and when um of those steps reached the the furthest room to the north the door would slam shut you could even hear the 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 door click the odd thing was the middle bedroom was so rotted that even a child would have fallen through and the door was jammed and would not shut or open. You could not move the door at that time. Um, It blew my mind, but then a gentleman who had lived here for 20-some years uh, before we bought the property stopped by once and told us, do you know this house is haunted? And he um, explained some things that happened to him, and those footsteps were identical to what he had encountered. Um, other times we would hear very heavy footsteps, sometimes coming down the stairs, coming in the front door, walking across rooms, and nobody would be there. But yet these sounds were as real as could be.
1: Okay. And and the the gentleman that kind of confirmed what you had been experiencing um, and told you the house was haunted, did he ever tell you that he saw anyone, like a, a ghost in the house? Or No,
0: he did not. He... Uh, would hear things. I, I will say he did report seeing uh what he described as aliens in the back uh on the back porch and they then disappeared into the corn. Um and basically the the stereotypical large heads, big eyes, long limbs type of thing. We have never experienced anything like that. And at the time my reaction was, "Wow, that explains some of the empty booze bottles we're finding hidden around the house here and there."
1: Really? Yeah. Now that is interesting. I think you're in a try. Are you in a triangle? Are you in some kind of paranormal triangle? I'm just reason. Reason why is because you know you're getting all the alien thing is. Interesting. I mean, is it? I mean, is the area known for other phenomena like UFO activity or?
0: Yeah, actually, there were quite a number of UFOs seen in this area and widely reported back in the 1870s, 1880s, which I found interesting. Now, in more modern times, not so much. Probably no more than than any other area would have.
1: And tell me about the house's history. I want to know if you were able to go back and research some of that. I'm I'm assuming though that you know the fact that you heard the footsteps and things like that that could be residual. I mean, cuz I've heard things like that in my house like something slamming and I'm like, I'm not even in there. <laughs> so, yeah. well, you know what I'm saying? I know energy does get um it dispersed into houses and it and it stays there. It's kind of just
0: yes. Yeah. And, and I believe some of this is residual. As far as the history, um, the builder of the house was actually a uh, War of 1812 veteran. He was a judge, one of the first three um, circuit judges when this was still just a um, just an area of Ohio that hadn't even been formed into counties yet. But uh, he was a very prominent individual. And uh, he, his children, especially, were involved in the Underground Railroad, and this uh, was an Underground Railroad stop. In addition, so it has quite a rich history. Four so- Union Civil War soldiers grew up here. Um, two of them did not make it home. Uh, we think we know who some of the um, who some of the uh, spirits are. Uh, and they do um, interact with us. Some of it's residual, but some of it is very interactive. Things come up missing. Um, probably the oddest thing I ever had happen was once I had a tool uh, workbench set up in the living room as we're restoring the house. And one day I opened the drawer where I kept my screwdrivers and all these straight slotted screwdrivers were missing none of the newer style Phillips were bothered. All the straight slotted ones were missing. I found them all hidden in various parts of the house over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's creepy. Are right, okay. So some of the things that are coming up missing, are they always found in different parts of the house or are they sometimes gone and you never find them?
0: Sometimes they're gone and we never find them. Um, most, uh, Probably the most prominent one is when I was working on the house, I had a box of uh, the uh, nitrite latex gloves. I was doing plastering work, didn't want to dry out my hands. I came out to the house to work uh, after work one day, and that box of uh, of gloves was gone, and uh, in its place was a box of very loose-fitting plastic gloves. And no one had been out here. I had just been out the night before. Uh, I have no clue if, how anyone could have gotten in and, and pulled a prank on me to do this. But uh, And this was the first time I ever spoke out loud when nothing's there. And I said, look, um, I want my gloves back. I don't like these other gloves. Bring me back my gloves. Well, I work. Well, with the loose-fitting ones, came out the next night after work. The regular um, latex gloves were there, and the other box of the loose-fitting gloves was gone, and they have never showed up to this day. And that was several years ago.
1: Really, wow. Um, What about your wife? I mean, did the house ever make her feel uneasy? I mean, it's an old house, and I'm wondering also if. you know if if one family owned the home for a very long time because if that's the case, normally someone stays there until they die or they stay in that they they love the space or love the home so much that they actually never leave the house even after death. So what do you think about that? I mean, what do you know about it?
0: Before we bought the house, three different families owned it, the original builder. Um, Judge Perkins, his family had it until he died in 1846. His family sold the house in 1850 to a Miller family.
1: Did he die in the house?
0: Uh, uh, I believe he died in the house, yes. And we believe he may well be the heavy footstep um, entity that we hear because I believe he was a rather large man. Um, I have seen a shadow figure in connection with the heavy footsteps once. Actually, in my home office where I'm sitting now, uh, it cast actually a shadow against the walls as the footsteps went by me. But uh, the Miller family, the mother and father, Henry and Margaret, died of a fever in 1863, very close together. And we believe they are both two of the spirits here. And uh, in 1869, the Miller, their children sold the house to the um, Ames family, and we bought the house from their descendants. So they had the family, or had the house for well over 100 years.
1: Now, did anything tragic happen in the house? You know, if anyone was Um, murdered in
0: the house? There was a young boy who drowned in the creek behind the house. And that was very hard on the family because we found a lot of the boy's toys, um, the basket he was kept in as a baby, crib that was his, um, in an unused bedroom, and then others in the uh, basement. It was like the family couldn't part with those. So that would be the closest thing to tragedy. Okay. That we're aware of, but I, I believe a, a number of people would have died in the house through the years. Yeah, That's over the how, years. How yeah. How it was. Yeah. yeah, safe to
1: say because you know back during those times, they brought you back home, you know, to die, if if that, if if it's possible.
0: Um, and I I had a really weird dream because my wife and I have what would have been the the master bedroom. Um, of the house in 1835 and one time I had a dream that I was laying in in bed but the room was very different and um, a gentleman I believe he would have been a doctor in very old clothes had a basin of water and I felt very very weak and sick and this this gentleman was tending to me. It was a very realistic dream, and I woke up kind of like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? It was almost as if um, I was having a bit of a flashback to something that actually happened.
1: Has that, is that the first time or, or last time it's happened to you, or have, does it um, happen I've often?
0: Had, uh, not often. I, I've been told I'm an empath. Um, And I I do sense energies. I can often sense energies here in the house before things happen. But I have had flashbacks primarily at Civil War battlefields, um, including at Gettysburg, at Jonesboro, Georgia, where I actually see like a battle in front of my eyes. Um, On Little Round Top at Gettysburg, I actually had that happen where my ancestors fought on Little Round Top very moving experiences but i i believe it's just they've been places where i'm very keyed into you know what would have happened there
1: i'm really interested in your house because your house is definitely definitely sounds like it's very haunted um but you're not i mean you haven't felt uneasy i mean nothing's happened to you that's really like unnerved you since you mm-hmm. and your wife lived there
0: not really. The The only time I've been a bit unnerved was when I didn't realize it was paranormal until after it happened. Um, my dad had helped me tear out the old uh, furnace ductwork in preparation for getting a new furnace in place and it was like a Sunday morning, beautiful sunny day, and I walked into the front door, and down below where we had just removed the ductwork was if somebody had a huge hammer banging on that ductwork. And I thought someone had broken in and was trashing the place. I grabbed a crowbar and ran downstairs, and as soon as I hit the bottom of the stairs, our basement is in two rooms, and went to enter the room where the noise was coming from, it stopped immediately, and there was nothing. No dust stirring. It could not have been an animal. There would have been no way out. I was blocking the only way out. Um, uh, That was pretty stunning, and that had my heart beating. Wow. And I was startled. startled. This was one of the more recent things. Maybe about three months ago, I fell asleep in my recliner in the living room. And I woke up, and I know the time exactly because I looked right after it happened, but there was a young woman in um, out-of-date clothing, a white apron, bending over, watching me sleep. Uh, very clear face, just real as could be, brown, frizzy hair. And I know I wasn't dreaming because I was startled. My setup immediately in the recliner, and she just kind of stood up. And looked at me, continued smiling, turned and started to walk away and then vanished.
1: Uh, and you and, were wide awake when that happened.
0: I was wide awake at that point. I was sound asleep you know, up until I woke up and saw her there. But oh. I looked at my client. It was 219 in the morning and my heart was, I was startled. I wasn't afraid of the entity. I was just startled to see somebody watching me sleep.
1: Wow. Absolute intelligence right there. I mean, she's looking yeah. at you. She knows you're looking it, it, back at her. And then she just exactly. disappears. Wow,
0: she, she reacted to me. My wife once was getting ready for work and something knocked off a pewter mug and a, a the wedding picture of her parents off a dresser. And it did so with enough force that it broke the glass of the picture frame. And that rather startled her. But we, we find it much more fascinating and not really at all frightening.
1: And you've never had an investigation go on in your house? I mean, are you interested in doing anything like that, like actually using recording equipment and the typical equipment that they use? We
0: have. Yeah, we do. um, Both my wife and I have done a fair amount of paranormal investigating. We elected not to investigate in the house as a general rule because we have such a peaceful coexistence with what's here. Um, One exception was um, I kept having, I had a touch screen computer and I could not leave my office without programs being opened up on the computer. Just a very random thing. Um, And somebody suggested that I get one of those little, like a child's toy, like a bed of nails where you can like put your hand print in it or the impression of your face. And someone said, put that in front of the computer when you're not there. Well, I left it on my desk overnight, and nothing happened. So the following night, I put it in front of my computer keyboard, and overnight, when I came downstairs the next morning, there was a child's handprint in the uh, the bed of nails.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Boy, I tell you, I think I would have been gone. I don't think I would have stayed there. Don uh, put the house
0: on the market. <laughs> pretty interesting. And another time, uh, our parrot will sometimes be reacting to someone who's not there. Um, usually, that is in our dining room, off our living room, and the bird will like look around and start playing peekaboo and reacting, and where nothing's there. Well, one time when he did that, I just I was curious, so I walked over into the corner where he kept staring, and it was extremely cold in that corner. So I I got out, um, used an ovulus. If you're familiar with that, you know, allows the theory is the spirits can manipulate it, and the yeah. words oh, yeah. will pop up on the screen. Strain, yeah. mm-hmm. Um Well, I asked, is there anyone there? Yes. He says, can you give me your name? And it was Nathan Andrew. Really? Uh, and we've researched the name and can't find anything. But we are located on a, a U.S. highway, um, and I know there have been accidents through the years in this area. So I maybe, maybe there's a connection like that that we would not know.
1: At least you know you've come to terms with your house, and you've you've never had to actually get help.
0: Now, one and one that was a little bit. Um, there is sometimes a bit of negativity. I, about two years ago, put up a sliding door, um, to my office. They had salvaged, used the door, um, from my office into the mudroom, which we now use as a laundry room, to do the front door when they did an addition in the 1860s. So I got an, um, Victorian sliding door and use that. It saves some space and is very period, but when I went to install that door, I used, had my drills to put on the tracks and all the batteries, and three drills plus my backup batteries all went dead as soon as I tried to use it. I had to use a plug-in drill to do the, the project. Um, the first day after the door was installed, I I was working in my office in the morning and went to the other part of the house to eat lunch. I came back and this door was closed. This is a huge door. It takes two people to lift it and quite a bit of oomph to even open or close it. Well, this happened three days in a row. I went to eat lunch. The third day, uh, I opened it back up, came in and sat down, and a... uh, can of compressed air by my computer across the room went flying hit so hard it broke I got up to investigate that and two books and the bookshelf behind me came flying out knocked off a commemorative mug so I'm guessing that that entity does not like that door and to this day that door will sometimes close on its own but never when I'm here that's always when I'm in another part of the house
1: oh wow yeah Wow, that is creepy. Your house is very interesting. I want to go ahead and give you uh, a good amount of time, good time to talk about your book is called I Met a Ghost at Gettysburg, and that is available on Amazon. I want to first ask you um, to explain for those that don't know the haunted history of Gettysburg. Just tell us where it is first and then a little bit about the haunted history, and then we're going to talk about your experience there.
0: Yes, um, Gettysburg was the site of the um, largest and bloodiest battle of the American Civil War. Um, It is in south-central Pennsylvania. The battle was in early July 1863, and it is considered one of the most haunted places um, in the entire world, definitely in North America. Um there were a total of uh, more than fifty thousand casualties in three days at Gettysburg that's killed, wounded, and missing, captured or missing out of uh, a little over um two hundred thousand troops engaged so quite a high casualty rate, very, very, very bloody battle
1: and um where is it exactly in Pennsylvania?
0: Um, it is um, just north of the Maryland line, um, not too far from Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, it is south of Harrisburg, the capital, and it's pretty much in the middle of the state going east-west, but only um, just about 20 miles north of the state line for Maryland.
1: Okay, so, I, you know, I've, I haven't been there, and I, I want to kind of get an idea of the topography of the area? I mean, what does it look like? Is it hilly? Is it flat? Can you tell us a little bit about the landscape?
0: Yeah, it is It is somewhat hilly. It's uh, It has mountainous areas both east and west, particularly to the west. Um, and it is um, broken up by rock outcroppings. One large one is actually called Devil's Den. Um, And it it got its name um, really from Native Americans in the area. And uh, so it was uh, well-suited, a lot of higher areas, it was well-suited for defense. The Union Army was defending against the invading Confederate Army.
1: Okay, so I'm interested in the name there. Do you know the history or the reason why it's called Devil's Den?
0: Um, It just... It's a very stark, um, just um, very unusual rock formations, um, quartz rock formations. And it just, uh, I think, traditionally is considered to have an evil vibe to it, you know, even dating back to the Native Americans.
1: Is there a picture, Don, of something that happened? I guess that's where troops clashed right there in the area, and they they have a picture of them. Laying around that whole area dead. I mean, is that online? Maybe I. Th-
0: oh, you betcha. There are tons of pictures. Um, the photographers of the day flocked to Gettysburg right after the battle, and some of the bodies, even three days after the battle, um, by then in the hot July sun, they were bloated. Very grotesque. Some very. Very famous photographs.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty vicious when you look at that, and so there's no you know wonder why it's it's just haunted. I mean, it's what happened there is really unbelievable. I want to go ahead and and ask you, like, you know, when you go there, is it really like a free? Um, it's a what I'm trying to say is it's like it's an unguided tour. I mean, you're able to pretty much venture wherever you want in the in the area or is it guided
0: um you you have your choice i mean to go onto the battlefield is free you know to go into town is free you can pay uh, for guided tours you can take bus tours which are a little cheaper you can pay to have a licensed guide um, drive you around in your own car and give you a very detailed tour the visitor center, there is an admission fee, but you don't have to go to it. And in in town, most of the shops are free. So you don't have to spend a lot there if you don't want to. Or if you want to spend more, that's an option, too.
1: And, okay, so we're talking about those, those pictures where all those dead bodies <clears throat> were laying there in Gettysburg. You can actually go out and walk on those same grounds without any type of restriction or permission or anything.
0: Exactly. It wow. is a national park. Um, actually, just about two years ago, a friend of mine and I were there, and I had ancestors who, who fought there, and there are some pictures of bodies along what's called Plum Run. Very near Devil's Den, actually. And I was curious; those bodies belonged to the brigade that my ancestors fought in. So, armed with those pictures, we found the exact spot where those bodies, you know, were along the Long Plum Run.
1: Really? Oh, wow! Um, have you ever found anything like, uh, you know, their, their bullets they were using, or I mean, has anybody? Or, can you do that? That's a that's something I want to know. Um, yeah. Will they allow you to bring like a little? What is it, a finder, and you can kind of see if you can find some. There. No,
0: actually, you can spend time in federal prison if you try to metal detect. <laughs> yeah, metal find, detect, yeah. Yeah, if you find something there, like a blood or something, and you are caught with it, you're supposed to turn it in, and you can also be uh, be fined or even jailed for that.
1: Really? I didn't know
0: protective. that. Hmm. And they also do not allow um, paranormal investigations there. Um, no no tours for that. Uh, if they catch you with even an um, EMF meter, they will confiscate it and fine you because they consider that you could actually be finding relics with that and uh, one person that i know talked to the the park rangers was told that the spirits are protected really yeah which i find interesting because their official position is there are no such thing as ghosts at gettysburg but
1: apparently they think so (laughs) they won't even let you have an emf detector
0: yeah you can like if you have an app on your phone um, like uh, like ghost detector, you know, like the Ovulus type app, and so forth. You can use those, but uh, they even frown on that. They they just don't care for it. But the battle itself took place all around Gettysburg, so you can in- investigate many many places that uh, you're free to investigate if you have permission of the landowners.
1: Got you. It sounds amazing, and I'm um, I'm um, hopefully going to try to get up there uh this this year and take my son take my son with me uh okay so let's talk about your experience um i mean your book is i met a ghost at gettysburg so tell us how that happened for you
0: um the title came from um an experience i had i took my grandson there uh over spring break and we weren't there for the paranormal we were there for the history but um, I was registered as a journalist, so I got some behind the scene things to do. One of them was a paranormal investigation, um, and it was at Saks Bridge. It's a covered bridge that was there during the battle, and uh, I didn't expect anything to happen. I thought this was just very touristy. Um but uh we we did that. We had a very uh, very knowledgeable young woman um knew the history of the area. I learned a lot from her. I didn't know a lot about it at the time, but we used different things laser grid uh, key two meters, and uh spirit box so we could have some hopefully real-time EVPs. This was a two-hour investigation, and for the first hour and 55 minutes was almost nothing. We got one odd answer out in a field near the bridge, which, by the way, this was one vast field hospital, open-air field hospital at the time. But uh, the investigator asked, can you tell us what color coat any of us is wearing? And we did get a clear blue. But I was rather underwhelmed. Our investigators saw a shadow figure. My grandson, obviously startled, saw a shadow figure. I didn't. There had been a lot of people there, but finally we had to bridge to ourselves right at the end of the investigation, and we started getting hits on the spirit box. And that was my first experience with this. And I thought we were being hoaxed. I thought they were trying to get a good write up uh, from me as a journalist. Um, We were getting, you know, is anyone here with us? Yes. How many are there? Seven, eight, nine. But we got one spirit coming through in particular. um, And he said that he was from Ohio. Um, This was just. um, <clears throat> kind of mind-blowing and actually the investigator had gone it was getting cold it was late March she went to start the car and came back because we had got a few hits and then nothing so we were getting ready to leave but while she was gone I thought well okay if this was really something you know what would get a soldier going so I uh, said uh, do you uh, like jokes and, yes and I thought, okay, So, do you like music? And we got it very clear, of course, almost with an inflection like I'd insulted the spirit. And uh, my grandson, he was only 14 at the time, he says, can you play for us? And the uh, voice says, absolutely. And we started getting acoustic guitar music. And then what sounded like a mandolin, and the guide came back, her eyes were like, wide open, her mouth is open, like, whoa. She went back, turned off the car. So we knew that this was not music coming from the car. This was acoustic guitar, period music. And this went on for about 20 minutes. Um, and at one point, um, harmonica even kicked in. And this was amazing. And I'm still thinking, how are they hoaxing us? How would they know to play music? And we got and then the gentleman coming through, um, you know, where are you from? And we couldn't understand it. So I started rattling off states when I said Ohio. I said yes. And my grandson and I's K2 meters went to the very highest level and stayed there for a while. Um, the investigators didn't move. That's the only time we got anything on the K2 meters all night. That was weird. Um, and it said, Captain. That he was a captain, and he tried to tell us his name, but we could not understand it. The investigator kept saying, "Can you enunciate more clearly?" And oh, at least a dozen times, this entity tried to give his name. It was a clear like "on" and then a hard like "gs" at the end, um, but we never could make it out. But uh, got number of answers, and then at the end, and I'll never forget this. She said, "Were you hurt?" And we got this agonizing male scream of total anguish. It chills down my spine to this day. And then a woman crying. And that kind of took the air out of our sails. Another group came onto the bridge at that time, so we left. I later researched, uh, were there any Ohio captains killed at Gettysburg or mortally wounded? There were seven. One of them was Malon Briggs, three syllables, ah, with a hard G-S. He was wounded on the first day, captured, and died on the third day of the battle. Most likely was there at Saks Bridge when he died as a POW.
1: Were you doing this all over the park, or was it just on that bridge?
0: Um, At that time, just on the bridge. I had never done a paranormal investigation in my life. We were still working on our house. We hadn't moved in. My grandson had had some paranormal experiences. He saw um, what he described as an old farmer once, but no, it was that was what really got me motivated to write the book. That's where the title came from. Once the book came out, now I do paranormal investigations in many places, including a number of spots at Gettysburg.
1: Um, let me ask you something. Were you able to to talk to some of the guides or people that work the park if they've ever they've had to see something see something over the years i mean have did you ever have a chance to interview any of those those folks or no
0: um they on an official note they will not admit it but mark nesbitt that's how he got into the paranormal he was a park ranger and he kept having experiences, and he was so moved by it that he resigned as a ranger to um, do books and studies on the history and the paranormal aspects of Gettysburg.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Okay, I want to. The reason why I want to talk to you about I wanted you on the show about your book is because I've seen a entity in an apartment complex where I lived, and she was as real as you and I standing there. Had no idea. You know, this woman was not even alive uh, and, and intelligent. She looked straight at me. OK, but you also had an encounter there and you talked to a captain at Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. Was this by yourself? I want to know, is this something that happened to you by yourself or what or were other people? Did you have other no, people this, with, you, with you?
0: This was that investigation at Saks Bridge and my grandson and a young lady, um, Actually, a professional paranormal investigator and guide were there, and we jotted down with my grandson and I that night. Uh, we jotted down what we remembered, and right away I got with the young lady and got her recollections. So it's a very clear first-person account. With and nothing is in there that we didn't all agree to. And if there are things we didn't agree on, I noted that in the book.
1: I'm wondering also, Don, um, you going there, have you ever heard any type of gunshots or cannon fire or anything like that? Yes.
0: One time, my grandson and I were staying in a hotel that is on battlefield land. Um, We woke up to the sound of somebody walking back and forth across the carpet and jiggling the, the hangers. Um, and we would watch the hangars move, and right after that, we heard a cannon on East Cemetery Hill, plain as can be. Uh, I'm a living historian. My grandson has gone with me. we both are very familiar with Civil War cannon, and that was a cannon. Um, later, by myself, I heard cannon, and later musketry on Little Round Top when there were no reenactments going on. When I heard the artillery, I thought, oh, well, because they had some artillery um, reenactors doing demonstrations. uh, So I assumed that's what it was. But then shortly after that, I went and I was going to go talk to the guys to see if that's indeed what I heard. And they were gone. They had left like two or three hours before. So it was not them.
1: <laughs> that reminds me of, you said something about the the reenactments that happened there. For some reason, and you can see why this would be an attractive thing for a spirit, they interact with those people that are doing the reenactments. Have you heard yeah. Of that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I had one guy on the show that said he actually was given a, some type of pellet, I guess, that they, a round ball that they were using to... I guess it was a bullet back then, but it was round. A spirit came out of wherever, I'm not sure, but appeared behind them and was talking to them and gave them that pellet or bullet and just disappeared and he still had it. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. But do you think that's something that happens a lot, I mean, to those actors that go and reenact the battle?
0: I have, I have heard different accounts like that. I talked to a school teacher who was part of a tour group At Gettysburg, and a Confederate soldier came up and talked to her and her husband and somebody else in the group, and they were impressed with how realistic he looked because he was dirty, ragged, he was barefoot, and he talked to them for a little bit, like, wow, there's a lot of people here today, and so forth, and then he turned to walk away and disappeared in front of several people. Now, I myself was At Little Round Top, where my ancestors fought, and I actually saw um, about two dozen entities, soldiers, semi-transparent, and they were reacting to us. They were gathering around us. Really? It was the most fascinating thing I've ever seen in my life. Luckily, I was not alone. I had a medium friend with me. And this was right where my ancestors fought on Little Round Top. And these were Confederate soldiers. Um, And one of them communicated with my medium friend and said his name was Sam. I could see him, very short, and she said he was very ragged, but he said he was connected to me. But I, I don't have any ancestors by that name that I've located. There may be ancestors I've not yet discovered that were there. But, but yeah, none of my ancestors who were there died. They all survived. One was captured, but uh, and these soldiers. The weird thing was, none of them had guns. They—I mean, I could see their uniform, cut of their uniform. I could not make out their facial features or like individual fingers on their hands, but I could make out their shape, their size. One of them was about two feet from me, and he was well over six feet tall. And it startled me. I saw him, and I kind of jumped and looked. And my medium friend said, uh, "Well, that's a tall goomer, isn't it?" So, and she she was describing what I was seeing. So, just unreal. That still just is an amazing thing.
1: Did you have you ever gotten any pictures? Like, I'm sure you've taken pictures of the area. Did you ever capture any of the soldiers up there or something strange?
0: What? Okay. I have not. I did not have my camera with me on Little Round Top. I was not expecting. I was just trying to get my medium friend's impressions there. So I was not really equipped to investigate. Of course, you can't investigate on the field, but I could have at least taken pictures. But my camera was back in the car. So oh, okay. I didn't have access to it, unfortunately. Well, no more but myself. I have gotten pictures of orbs. Um, They are common. Now, some people will say, nah, orbs aren't paranormal, and I think for the most part they're right, but I think there are times that they are. My wife and I were on uh, the first day's battlefield, and there's a regiment I'm researching, um, the 107th Ohio, they're Germans. Um, and because they were German, they were very badly treated. They were in a horrible spot on the first day's fight. And when we stopped there, I was just kind of curious. Um, so I uh, started talking. It was just after dark. No one else was around. And as I started talking, we started seeing orbs and photographs my wife was taking. It didn't happen when I was not talking, only once I started talking. So I I took a chance, and I did have a K2 meter with me in in my van, so I got it out. and I'm standing by this unit's uh, monument, and I said, okay, see this little white box? I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, if you want me to know you're here, touch the box and the needle will move. And when I hit three, the needle moved. My wife took a picture, and I heard her say, oh, my God. And she showed me the picture, and there's a large orb right above the K2 meter. And you can see that it's not closer to the camera, like a bug, or farther away, because you can see it's between me and the monument. Right at the count of three, yeah. And then... In that same thing, I got out a, a digital recorder. I didn't want to risk a ghost box there, have that confiscated, but I thought they're not going to do anything with a recorder. My wife is German. She's asking, says, are you proud of your German ancestry? I said, I'm German. I'm proud of being German. Are you proud? And uh, when we got back to the hotel and played it back, at that point, we got a clear, yeah.
1: Now, that's that, amazing there. <laughs>
0: that's about the best evidence i've personally collected
1: wow okay
0: um i've seen a picture i know the gentleman who took the picture actually friends of ours have a house that was a confederate field hospital outside of gettysburg Uh
1: uh-huh
0: their place is so active that they actually host paranormal investigations there people pay to investigate um i have um a picture that that a guy no took in the basement there of a confederate officer a semi-transparent confederate officer he wasn't there except for one picture my friend took a bunch of pictures and he's only there in one photo
1: is there oh is that online somewhere where we can see it or is that just uh, yes it is collection?
0: actually you can see that it's at uh, they're, I'm trying to think of the website. They they call their, their property Haunted Trails of Gettysburg. And if you go to their website, okay. um, they have a lot of evidence online, and that photo is online.
1: Okay, Haunted Trails of, of Gettysburg. Gettysburg.
0: Got you. Yeah, if you're ever in Gettysburg and want to investigate, get a hold of them. They're great people, and I help them out when I'm in town. I usually will investigate there and help them. I I can share one really amazing experience I had at their place. Um, We were doing an investigation and we were getting a conversation in German coming over the ghost box. It was two men and a woman, and we couldn't tell if they were reacting to us or if they were just, it was just happening and we could hear it. But um, then we were moving to a new location, so I'm setting up the ghost box further back in the woods, and I'm by myself, and out of the ghost box, I get a uh, man asking, are you Dutch? And I just kind of laughed. I said, no. I said, I have some German ancestry, but I'm not German, and I don't know what possessed me, but I said, Straken die Deutsch? And the woman answered, nine. No in German, and yeah. they all three started laughing. It was hilarious.
1: You said <laughs> you stu- said speak any German or whatever. Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, uh,
0: that's what that is. Do you yeah. speak German, yeah. and she answers nine. <laughs> no in German, yeah, and they laugh. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Just> great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I used to live in Germany for three years. So yeah, that's awesome. um Okay, so um, I want to go. Okay, my last question for you is: I personally think that there is some amazing phenomena that happens at Gettysburg, probably we probably when no one's around um to see it or capture it. But I'm wondering: has anyone reported ever uh, at night? I don't know if it's successful or maybe if you can even see on the grounds at night. But do you know of any strange lights or? Any, has anybody ever seen anything like that light phenomena happening
0: I have, have heard. I have heard uh, reports. I've actually captured some strange lighting phenomena near Saks Bridge, but people report seeing campfires in the woods at night when nobody's there or like lighted torches moving through the woods. And at night... Um, During the battle, um, people would go try to find their wounded comrades and bring them in, and they would use torches to do that. Really? Wow. Yeah.
1: I've really enjoyed this. Don, I want to give you an opportunity to tell my listeners about any other projects that you may be working on.
0: Sure. Of course, I have a follow-up to I Met a Ghost at Gettysburg called I Met More Ghosts at Gettysburg. I am currently also working on a history of the 107th Ohio Volunteer Infantry, uh, basically um, because of some paranormal events that led me to them and to their story. And uh, I would have had that done, but the archives were closed down for a while, and I was not able to complete the work, but hopefully I'll be able to do that soon. I'm also working on a book. Um, basically, it is kind of a layman's guide to um, what happens after we die, um, the scientific evidence um, of that our consciousness continues after we die, and there's no question in my mind whatsoever um that yeah, we uh, our consciousness does survive after death communication, um, near death experience, trans instrumental trans communication with the ghost box and other other forms of evidence are there. Very plentiful.
1: All right, very good. Many blessings to you, Don, and I really appreciate your time.
0: Well you too. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for listening. I invite you to follow My other podcast, Mysterious Radio. Please share this show with others that are interested in the paranormal. I want to give a special thanks to our co-creator and executive producer, Kim Kyle, who brought this show to you today. And working hard behind the scenes, our team of four, I want to thank them as well. I am your host, K-Town, and you're listening to Paranormal Fears.